Thanks, Laura. Uh, I'm not sure about you, but I really love Christmas time. Uh, Christmas is uh, like it's a very fun time of year. Uh, lots of good things happening in Christmas. I tell my family all the time the best people are born in December. Um, <laughs> I, I get a few people agreeing with me. I actually saw something that I might show you in a few weeks, which very much kind of would, was a, somebody created a meme of Jesus saying, well, the best people are born in, in December. And despite that, we're not entirely sure when he's born. Uh, it's a good guess. But uh, Christmas is a time of, of celebration. There's lots of great things that are happening, lots of things that we do to be able to celebrate this time of year. Uh, most people get some time off during the Christmas holidays, and so there's, there's time with family, there's time where you're not having to do things, a bit more uh, relaxation. There's always that period in between Christmas and New Year where you have absolutely no idea what day of the week it is. Uh, and it's very disorienting. Uh, but more than that, there's also lots of fun things. There's, there's all this amazing food. Uh, I love all the Christmas food. Uh, I love ham. Uh, I love pork. Uh, I love... I often say, it, Christmas, all the Christmas lunches, it's funny. It's kind of like uh, we remember that Jesus was born uh, and the animals gathered around and then we like kill them and eat them to celebrate. Um, <laughs> But, you know, there's cherries, there's prawns, there's mince pies, turkeys, pavlovas, candy canes. There's all this fun stuff which is associated with Christmas. We give and we receive gifts from those we love and cherish. Uh, and it's a time for family and friends to spend time with those that we care about. There's lights uh, and bows as you drive around the place. We've noticed there's lots of bows. Uh, that wasn't a New South Wales thing. So we've only noticed that in South Australia, these red bows everywhere. It's great. We love it. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I, I think that we, I've, been I've been told we're going to be joining in the bow uh, tradition. Uh, it's a great one. I love it. Uh, Christmas carols play at the shops. Uh, there's Christmas trees and Christmas Day decorations everywhere you go. And it's easy in the midst of everything that's going on in the midst of all of the celebration, to miss what Christmas is actually about. Christ. When the reality is that so much that we do to celebrate Christmas was actually originally designed to point us to Jesus and to actually help us celebrate his birth, this moment. So over the next three weeks, uh, here in the morning at Glen Osmond, we're going to be looking at some of the Christmas trappings uh, their origins and how they originally were designed to help us celebrate Jesus uh, and to be encouraged to see these things that we do anew and afresh and to actually help them point us towards this event. Uh, so today I'm going to be speaking about Christmas lights, hence we've got the lights on the lectern. Uh, next week uh, I've handballed Nick uh, looking at the origins of St. Nicholas uh, so he can deal with all those questions. Uh, and then on the, the 17th, uh, I'm going to be looking at the tradition of gift giving. So that's what we're going to be doing over the course of December to help us kind of get into the Christmas spirit. But the question is, wh where do Christmas lights come from? Well, what's the star? Yes, absolutely. Great. Any other ideas where these Christmas lights come from? Winter. Winter. Correct, yeah, there's elements of that in the northern hemisphere. Definitely was used. 
Multitude of angels, lots of really good ideas. The very first Christmas lights were actually used to celebrate Christmas when they were put on Christmas trees. They were candles, not lights, just candles put on Christmas trees. Uh, and we know that Christmas trees were kind of started to be a thing to use to celebrate Christmas around the end of the 16th century, early 17th century in Germany. Uh, and the tradition is now spread around the world. But originally these trees were decorated with apples to kind of give uh, a bit of colour to them and uh, then kind of eventually went to having candles, uh, lit candles on the Christmas tree. I mean, what a great idea, right? Putting a naked flame on a dying tree that gets drier and drier every day. What could possibly go? And then put it in your lounge room. Yeah, great, wonderful. Um, but these candles were a reminder for Christians of the star that guided the Magi. The stories of Martin Luther kind of walking home and seeing the stars in the night sky through these trees. And he wanted to replicate that as well, the winter sky. Um, but I actually want to bring us to, to a new thing, to actually be able to see these in a slightly new way. Because uh, that was the original tradition of the candles. Then as electricity began to be introduced in the, the later uh, 19th century, uh, electric lights were added not just to Christmas trees, but to windows and shop frontages. Uh, with lights being mass produced from around 1930, the tradition of then became putting it on homes to celebrate Christmas. So this whole Christmas light thing is actually, in terms of Christmas traditions, it's a fairly new tradition. We're talking less than a hundred years of what we see so all around the streets of Adelaide as we drive around it's become synonymous with Christmas time and it's actually quite a new thing that we do. Uh, I've actually found uh, some photos in and around Adelaide uh, of some houses that are extraordinarily lit up for Christmas uh, and not because I don't know where these places are but because I thought it'd be fun, we'll have a competition to see if you can guess <laughs> where these houses are. I think I covered that, didn't I? <laughs> All right, so let's see the, the first one. I don't have the clicker, Josh, I left it. Uh, does anyone know where this is Star Wars? They've gone all out. They've got the Stormtrooper helmet. There's a Millennium Falcon there. Almost. Uh, does anyone know where, where this house is? No, Josh knows. Hope. Hope. Hove. Hove. Yes. <laughs> uh, does anyone does anyone know? Is this one here? So it's got some a lot going on there. It's hard to make out all of it. Uh, I've got these photos from christmaslightsearch.com.au and they didn't have a particularly good, high-quality one uh, of this particular street. Does anyone know where this one is? Harrowfield Gardens? Brisbane. Not Brisbane, no. No, I can confirm it's not Brisbane. Josh? Park Home. I can confirm that one of you is correct. Uh, I don't know which one. I know where this one is, though. No, not Door Park. I believe this is part of the Lobethal Lights. Whatever. <laughs> Out of the lobe of the lights. 
and actually be correcting our dinger. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, next one. Yeah, this one. Well done. This is also at Lobethal. <laughs> yep, uh, we're doing quite well. I think we've got... Does anyone know where this one is? Absolutely. That's amazing. Incredible. I okay, got one last one. Oh, does anyone know where this one is? Rachel. It is. This is in Kingswood. It's the Swan's contribution uh, to Christmas lights in Adelaide. Uh, oh. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we, our house is set back a fair way from the, the road uh, and we have a fairly narrow block. So we don't have much to work with, but we've tried to utilise what we have. Uh, but something happened to our lights during the week. Uh, you might remember that there was a bit of a storm on Monday night, Tuesday morning. If, if you don't remember it, just go out into the foyer and have a big breath in through your nostrils. Uh, and that might help jog your memory. Oh, the crash. Uh, that might help jog your memory. Uh, on Tuesday, I came out of my house and I noticed something. I found this scene. Yes, uh, the joy had been knocked over by the wild winds into the garden bed. And as I looked and I saw the joy lying there, I had two thoughts come into my mind as I looked at this joyless scene. Uh, the first thought was, I should probably do something about that. Uh, the second thought was perhaps a bit more profound. Uh, the second thought I had was as I looked at this joy lying on the ground, I thought, I thought, how easy is it for joy to be taken from us? to have our joy knocked over and knocked out of our sails. Then to drive this point home, uh, on Tuesday, I actually heard news of three deaths of people associated with members of our Glenn Osmond family. Three people that had known someone and had lost somebody within that kind of 24-hour period of time. Wednesday, I then heard news of a member of our church being retrenched um, and no longer having a job. Uh, I turned on the news and I saw people in New South Wales that have lost their homes in the storms uh, over the past week. Just even over the past 48 hours uh, where we used to live in Gerringong has been uh, quite hard hit uh, by some pretty wild storms and some of our friends have had been uh, putting up photos of the water leaking through their, their roofs. Uh, and then, not to mention the reality of ongoing conflicts around our world. Uh, war still rages in Ukraine, uh, there's a crisis happening in Myanmar, uh, and fighting has resumed on the Gaza Strip as of yesterday. Uh, our world is in a pretty dark place. Sometimes it can feel overwhelming. Sometimes we might feel like my joy sign just a bit battered around and knocked over, and it's hard for us to be able to maintain our joy. Uh, because the reality is, as pretty as Christmas lights are, uh, and as happy as they can make us feel, we need something more 
than some pretty colored LED lights. We need a source of joy that can't be blown over and snatched from us, which is the good news of Christmas. This is exactly what we celebrate. We celebrate that God has come down into the darkness to bring light and life, that he was born as a baby to share in our human experience, but not just to share in our experience, but to deal with the mess of our world, to take that mess upon himself, to take our punishment, to take our place and offer us life. Christmas is about joy that can't be taken away from us. It's a joy that isn't based on what we have or our circumstances we find ourselves in. It's a joy that's based in what Jesus, the little baby, grew up to do for us. Jesus is the light of the world. That's what these lights can remind us of and point us towards the light of the world that can't snatch our joy, that can't be blown over. We, we take hold of that and it's a sure foundation. Jesus himself claims to be the light of the world in John chapter 8, verse 12. He goes to the Jewish light festival and as they're celebrating light, Hanukkah, as we call it now, he stands up in the temple courts and he says, I'm the light of the world. But we see that it, this is actually how the author of John wants us to see Jesus right from the very beginning of the gospel. Because John doesn't begin his gospel like Luke and Matthew do, with a bit of an explanation of the nativity story. There's no wise men, there's no shepherds, there's no manger or stable in John's gospel. Now, John starts his gospel with an introduction to the main characters and the big themes he is going to explore. It's almost more like John's writing an essay and he's writing an essay introduction rather than this story about the events that happened. And John wants to make clear right from the start of this story that he's writing that this is a story about Jesus, the light of the world. So in those four, I've highlighted some of the verses that came up in those 14 verses that Laura read out for us. Verse 4, in him was life, and that light was the light of all mankind. Verse 5, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Verse 7, about John the Baptist, he came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. Verse 8, still talking about John the Baptist. He himself was not the light. He, only ca he came only as a witness to that light. Verse 9, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Light shines in the darkness. You starting to get the point? John uses the word light seven times in the first ten verses. Are you starting to see that one of the big themes of the book of John that he wants, us, he wants to illuminate for us is that Jesus is the light. And as this light, he's come to bring life. One of the other themes is that darkness doesn't like light. 
and the darkness seeks to extinguish the light. But the darkness cannot overcome the light. It might not be the nativity story. It might not be the traditional way we celebrate Christmas that John begins his gospel with. But I tell you what, it's definitely the Christian message. God has come down into the darkness to bring light and life. And as you read through the Gospel of John, you see Jesus doing exactly this, bringing light and life. I have such a deep affection uh, for the book of John. Uh, We're actually going to start term one next year looking at John's Gospel. So we're going to kind of, in the lead up to Easter, we're actually going to be looking at how uh, John shows us who Jesus is. We're going to be looking at some of the signs that Jesus does throughout this gospel, and we're going to be looking at some of what he says to his disciples in the upper room. He's got the biggest speech that he makes to the disciples in John, and we're going to be looking at some of the important lessons that Jesus teaches before he goes to glory. But John also uh, wants us to realise something. As he writes his gospel, he kind of gets to the end, he makes this statement about the fact that if he was to write down all the things that Jesus had done, there wouldn't be enough pages to contain everything that he's done. Because John knows that Jesus is still shining God's glory. And Jesus is still bringing life to people who he comes into contact with. In Matthew chapter 5, during the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Jesus says to the people who are listening to him, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everybody in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. The light still shines today, not as the incarnate Son of God who walks among us, but by his Spirit, through his people, through you and through me. At Christmas, we celebrate the light that breaks into our dark world, and offers comfort, peace, joy, and love. We're actually going to be able to do something in a moment that celebrates that once the children are back in. We're going to light some candles that reflect upon some of these very things that Jesus brings. This is the wondrous news of Christmas. And as you look around at our world, and you see all the conflicts and all the suffering that it's causing so many, it's clear that our world is in desperate need of the light. As you look at your friends and your family, it's so easy to see the brokenness and the sadness that marks so many's lives. You see people in desperate need of this light. And even as we look at ourselves, we see how quickly our joy is blown over by circumstances. We see how desperately we need this light, to grab hold of this light and know the truth of John 
chapter 1, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to be called children of God. We need to see Jesus as the only source of true and lasting peace, hope, joy, and love. That we are his. And that no matter what happens, no matter what this dark world throws at us, the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not, it will not, it cannot overcome it. And then we can seek to shine God's peace, his hope, his joy, his love to those around us who are in such desperate need. You see what Jesus has done? As we let that impact us, it then spills out like a light that you place in your room, like a city on a hill to those around us so that they might give glory to our Heavenly Father. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for Jesus. We thank you that he came into our dark world, that he stepped into the darkness for us to share our experience, but more than just to share our experience, to bring life and to bring light. I want to pray that you help us to take hold of this, to know this truth, this certainty. Pray that our joy won't be blown around and knocked over by our circumstances and the things that we have or the things that we do not have, but they will take hold of what you have done for us, the unshakable truths of your gospel, that they would shine through us to those around us, that they might know that there is hope in the darkness. There is comfort for the suffering that so many experience. There is peace and there is joy, not in our circumstances, but in who you are and what you have done for us. Amen.